This is episode 16 of the Red Bicycle Media Spokes podcast with the multi-talented Jamie Kinton. Here we go. You're listening to the Red Bicycle Media Spokes podcast, a show about the experiences of a film production house and the people they work with in the film industry with your host, James Pizarro. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, It's Christian filling in for James again. We have a great show for you guys today, but before we get to that, uh, today is Memorial Day here in the States, and this is the time I would like to honor all those who have served, uh, most importantly, uh, those who have sacrificed their lives to keep our country safe, and um, that's why we celebrate this day. It may not be like previous Memorial Days where there's festivals, parades, uh, large group gatherings. There's still barbecues, but probably limited to family, um, but the meeting is still there. So uh, shout out to everyone in the military, all the families who lost their uh, loved one through combat, through war, and um, our hearts are with you guys today. Uh, going back to today's episode, and as many of you know in the film and entertainment industry, uh, this crisis has halted productions and limited opportunities for everyone. Today's guest found ways to stay proactive in marketing herself and owning her craft, and it has paid dividends. For someone who does everything, this includes hosting, stunt work, modeling, acting, you name it. Uh, She's done everything. And and she's really good at it too, may I add. Uh, She finds a way to keep herself busy even during a time of crisis. While right now would be the time she would be performing in-stadium hosting duties for the Cleveland Indians or working in front of a camera for commercials or films, she's spending most of her quarantine creating TikToks as a way to self-promote. Needless to say that it's working out pretty well. Here she is, the extremely talented Jamie Kinton. So today we have Jamie Kinton. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing great, James. How are you? I'm doing great. So tell me about your background and how, first of all, uh, what, what you, how you got into um, your career. Sure. Um, well, believe it or not, I went to school for journalism. So I was a newspaper reporter, uh, which is what I studied. However, um, when I turned 18 and when I was getting ready to go into college, um, I really wanted to try my hand at modeling and acting. Had absolutely no experience prior to. I waited until I got out of high school because uh, nobody in my family had really done anything like that before. And I really wanted to be able to, uh, first of all, be able to drive myself there, but also to be able to research it and kind of explore it on my own once I graduated from high school. Um, Actually kind of got mixed up with an agency that wasn't very good at first. And um, slowly but surely though, I I made some friends that steered me in the right direction. And um, so while I was going through college, I started with a talent agency in Cleveland. And um, today I have uh, 16 talent agencies across the country. And um, when I left journalism six years ago, I really wanted to focus on entertainment uh, solely. I was getting ready to turn 30 and I just kind of thought if there's ever gonna be a time where I'm going to really give this a go, it should be now. So, um, you know, fortunately I always say that self-taping really changed uh, the industry. I, I did go through um, some acting classes a little bit at the beginning, um, but really uh, most of what I learned has been, you know, on set and, and through others and experiences and things like that. And um, so I've done both sides of, of the industry. I've, I work in production and I work um, as an actress as well. I love both equally. Um, I got into host work um, probably 12 years ago. 
uh, doing, uh, I'm, this will be my 10th season uh, for the Cleveland Indians, um, but I also, I started out hosting a live show for Radio Disney. Um, today I host for a, a national show um, called Fusion Live, and we travel across the country doing shows for kids and families. And um, I also do some radio work with uh, voiceovers and just kind of got my hands into a lot of different areas of the industry. And it's just been really fun to kind of learn as I go. Has that kept you well-rounded then? And is, it, is that something that, because a lot of people want to just stay in one niche and then say, well, this is what I'm going to do and be good at. I mean, you, you like to keep busy and, and, and frankly, keep your, um, you know, your, your interest in several uh, pots. So tell me, tell me what, what spawns that. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I never want to stop learning, first of all. So if, if an opportunity comes my way and it's going to be a great growth experience for me, then I'm going to take it. Um, but, you know, being in just starting at Radio Disney even and starting with the first talent agency, I didn't just jump into, you know, doing all these different things. I really wanted to get my um, get a good like barrier under my belt and kind of understand uh, what I was doing, uh, making sure that I wasn't going to uh, actually getting scammed at first taught me a lot. It taught me that I need to research what I'm doing, um, understand the people that I'm working with um, and research the products that I'm getting into too. So um, once I kind of had a good feel uh, for, for that and um, I, that's when I really wanted to start branching out and getting my hands into a lot of different parts of the industry because there's so many cool things that you can do within this industry. And I'm interested in just getting as much experience as, as possible. Um, and, you know, being in Cleveland, and I, I actually would love to stay in Cleveland, you know, you're kind of a bigger fish in a smaller pond and you get to know all these people. And through that, you know, you make great connections and people will say, hey, you know, would you like to try this? Would you like to try this? And, um, you know, you get more of those opportunities being here in a smaller market. Um, so for me, you know, I would just, I'd like to continue to stay here and grow. And maybe if something, if something took me out of here, I like a great opportunity, um, I may move for that. But for right now, I'm really happy being here and kind of getting the best of both worlds and experiencing a lot while still being close to home. How do you manage then to always find, it always seems like you find a way to, um, uh, to keep busy and, 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 and keep yourself employed, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's no mean feat. I, I know you work awfully hard. That goes without saying, but is it, is it also just a matter of, uh, 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 through building through previous connections and whatnot? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know what though, like I was saying earlier, self-taping totally changed the game because before, you know, to get into these other agencies and to be able to travel more um, was really difficult because you really had to pick and choose. If you were going to get another agency, you know, you had to make sure that you were dedicated to getting to those auditions and letting them know, you know, I don't live here. Um, so, you know, I, I am willing to come in for bigger auditions and bigger jobs and things like that. But self-taping totally changed the game. And I knew that I was ready. I was actually, again, I was getting ready to turn 30 when I left my full-time job. Um, but I knew at that point that I was actually booking so much at that point that I knew that I could be okay if I left, you know, still having kind of my regular things. Um, at the time, I was still at Radio Disney, um, of course, still at the Indians. Um, and uh, But I knew that I was making enough and that I had grown enough, made enough connections, especially here that I was getting ongoing work not only from the agencies, but from individuals that I had made um, great connections with. So um, it's it's keeping those connections. It's making sure that, I mean, even on social media to make sure that you keep good relationships with people, that you're following what 
a lot of people use social media to post casting calls and things like that. Um, some people who don't want to be on social media don't really know what they're missing out on. Um, there's a lot of great uh, individuals that are posting their own casting calls that are talking about different projects and you know whether you want to get involved as an actor or actress or that you want to get involved as even on the bottom level as a production assistant. Um, it's, it's really just keeping up on what's going on and how you can stay involved. Um, and that's really important for me to, to make sure that I'm looking at those things that I'm being interactive with people and, um, and just keeping those connections so that, you know, even what doesn't come in organically through agencies and things that you can kind of make that happen on your own. And also, you know, building those relationships so that people want you back. I agree with you. I think um, it's like anything else. We were discussing this in a previous podcast. Podcast is that um, you know when you first get on set or you, you get in with a group of people, you're kind of you know you're in a proving ground for the next job. You're really auditioning for the next job is what you're doing. So I I, I could definitely see that. Did you then? Um, so so uh, tell me about your broadcasting career and uh, what was that, what was that about? So um, I've worked in kind of a bunch of different areas uh, when it comes to broadcasting. Um, when I when I was a reporter, I was actually I was a newspaper reporter. However, because they knew that I had this background um, in TV and entertainment, they actually had me do a broadcast from the newsroom um, that I would do on the website. So that's kind of where I started. And it's funny because um, I've gotten cast a lot of times as a, a reporter or a newscaster and everyone, my agent, he still thinks that I was a, a TV reporter because he always says, oh, that's your news background. But really, um, I, I started out as a print journalist, but I also have a lot of experience uh, just with um, uh, working for the Indians um, and getting a lot of experience uh, in live uh live performance there, you know, everything that we do, there's a couple things that we do pre-tape, um, but everything that we do in game is is live uh, for the fans. So doing contests and things in between innings. Um, and then uh, this past season, I, I hosted a uh, an esports show out of Minneapolis and um, that season was super successful. Um, got to travel uh, across the country and go to a lot of different gaming events, um, meeting a lot of different um, gamers and fans and and things like that. So uh, I, I've I've definitely kind of gotten my hands in a lot of different areas in broadcast. So tell me, uh, you also then uh, worked as uh, doing some, a little bit. I'm going to hop around because it just is coming sure. to my mind. So because um, I thought about this, that there's a lot. <laughs> you're also doing uh, uh, the the stunt work, right? And uh, yeah. Uh, so. How did you get into that? I mean, that's kind of a different thing. And, and I know you're athletic, but how did that work? <laughs> yeah, so, um, well, I actually took martial arts as a kid um, and then stopped for a long time when I got really into cheerleading and things like that. But then um, a friend of mine who lives in Mansfield, which is where I grew up, had told me about a stunt company up in Madison, Ohio, um, and told me that, you know, you have to be invited to come. See, nobody can just show up. You have to be invited or you have to, you know, make a connection with the, um, the man who coordinates it, uh, Richard Fike. And he is an incredible, um, I, I mean, he just has a humongous uh, martial arts background has a huge stunt background, um, pretty much anything that comes to this area, especially the tri-state area, if they don't already have a stunt company or a stunt coordinator uh, involved in the project, it will go to Richard Fike. I mean, he's the only guy in the game and he's unbelievable at what he does. Um, so 
my friend who had told me about this stunt company, I then started reaching out to, uh, to Mr. Fike and letting him know that I had a martial arts background. Um, I have gymnastics and, uh, and dance under my belt as well. And I was really interested in exploring that side of entertainment as well. Um, it took a little while because again, um, he doesn't just let anybody into the company. Um, so he's very big on trust and loyalty and responsibility and making sure that you're showing up consistently and training. And um, when I finally got him to let me come to one of the stunt classes, I was definitely hooked. Um, we trained together once a month, but then I actually joined his martial arts company as well because I wanted to get back to the basics of fighting um, even before I kind of dove you know, further into stunt. Um, so I started doing that. I'm a, um, a blue belt now actually a uh, blue belt with the black stripe. So I'm, I'm just under brown. And then um, I had, I started, I started there. I've done several projects with Mr. Fike. I actually, that's how I got my SAG card was with him. Um, I then turned Fike Corps because I wanted to be able to still work non-union projects. Um, but it was through stunt that I was able to get into uh, the union, which is pretty cool. And um it's, it's really been a blessing in disguise. Um, it's gotten me into a lot of different, um, just, I've made so many great connections through stunt and it's really opened a lot of different doors for me. It's also a different way to get into TV and film. The audition process is totally different. Um, you know, if, if your stunt coach will vouch for, if you fit the description of who they're looking for and your stunt coach can vouch vouch for you and say, hey, yeah, she can do a high fall or she can take a, a hit or a fall, um, you pretty much are guaranteed the job instead of, you know, going through 10 different auditions. Of course, you better actually be able to do it. Um, but again, you know, Mr. Fike is really uh, well trusted um, in the industry. And so um, he's vouched for me for a couple jobs. There, of course, when things that I have auditioned for, but it's a really different way to get into uh, to TV and film in, in that area. What are some of the films you've been in? Yeah, well, the most recent one that I did was I See You, which is with Helen Hunt. And um, that was actually my most challenging one. I did a stair fall. Um, there was an eight foot gap in between the stairs and the windowsill where I fell. Um, and, I, and I'm only five foot one. So, you know, Mr. Fike told me, you know, Jamie, you need to be able to fall. And I had to hit my head on that windowsill. He said, you know, if you go too far, you could really injure your neck. If you don't go far enough, you know, you're not going to hit just that edge of that windowsill. And believe it or not, I did it in one take. And I remember laying there because nobody called cut yet. And um, they finally called cut and they said, you know, roll the playback. And they actually said, uh, we got it. And that was it. And I've never, I don't think I've ever done something where they just said, okay, you're done. Um, so my most challenging thing, I actually got in one take. And that when that movie came out, um, I, again, it was called I See You, uh, I was blown away. The movie was fantastic. And, you know, sometimes you watch your stuff and you're like, ooh, I don't want anyone to see this. But that one was really great. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, and then uh, I worked on a, a TV series called Smoketown um, that was on TBN in, uh, in Kentucky. Uh, so that was really neat. Uh, there's been a lot of things that he's kind of gotten me into. I, I did a Netflix film called Little Evil. Um, I took a fall uh, onto a fence. So it's been cool. He's gotten me into a lot of cool projects. Well, I, uh, we actually just saw I See You, and uh, I remember that fall, and I said, yep, that's her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite convincing. It, lo it looked like the lead actress. So, I mean, there, no, no, nobody, was, nobody was, was the wiser there at all. <laughs> uh, hey, Jamie, have you considered doing any other stunts besides just falls, or are you going to stick with falls for now? 
Oh yeah. I mean, anything that they throw my way, I would be willing to try. Um, I, I actually, well, I, it was a fight scene and a fall that I did on Smoketown. Um, I've, I've been up for some different parts. It's just, it's kind of a coincidence that the most of, most of what I've done has been falls, but, um, I would definitely be willing to try pretty much anything and everything. I'm not, not afraid of heights or anything like that. So, um, anything that they throw my way, I'd be willing to give a shot. Um, I've trained in like, uh, falling out of cars, getting thrown out of cars and things like that. But so far I haven't had to, to, to execute that yet. I'm getting my motorcycle license at the end of this month. Um, so I, I'll be able to, to do that. Um, but so far it's just been a coincidence that I've, I've pretty much only done falls. That's, I mean, that's great. Is there, so out of all these, there's gotta be something that you're leaning toward that you really love to do. Is there, is, is there, uh, is there anything in particular that you, you, you know that you prefer to be on the production side or you know, the hosting side or, you know, or, or being an actress, uh, which, which one was it? You know, I hate to be the one that just says I love it all so much, but there are just so many different reasons to love all these different parts of the industry. But you know what, where I really get like this big high is, is being on set um, as an actress. And, you know, not to be goofy, but, uh, you know, in my quarantine, I've really gotten heavily into TikTok. And, you know, for those who aren't too familiar with it, um, TikTok, you know, is an app, 70% of it is like teens and younger, but 30% is 30 and over um, who are on this app. And when I originally got on, I thought that TikTok was just dancing. Um, and then I quickly realized that you get to do all these like really fun skits too, where you take a sound bite from a movie, whether it's, you know, I, I've done a lot of 90s comedies, and then you just kind of reenact these scenes. And, you know, being quarantined and not being able to be on set, uh, it's, it has been really cool for me to get to play these roles that I would never truly get to play really um, in a, in a film. I mean, you know, doing Jim Carrey to Robin Williams and things like that. I mean, all these greats, uh, it's been really cool for me to do that. And it's just reminded me how much I love the diversity of being an actress and the challenge that that gives to me. I mean, everything is a challenge because you always want to give 110%, but acting is something that I wouldn't say necessarily comes, you know, so naturally or so easy to me. I really have to work at it. And I really enjoy the challenge of working at all these different roles because there's a million different roles. There's a million different characters. And um, to, to get to tackle each of these, especially right now with doing as many as I'm, I'm trying to do, um, it has been so fun and so rewarding and just a great learning opportunity for me. And as, as you said earlier, hasn't it brought about opportunities that you didn't kind of expect? And that's yeah. kind of a nice side effect, you know? So yeah. tell me about those, some of those. Absolutely. So um, when I got into TikTok, I actually just got into it three months ago. And um, I really wasn't doing very much on it. I was just kind of using it sporadically. But when I got quarantined, I thought, well, you know, I'm used to being so busy. I don't want to go stir crazy in quarantine. So I'm going to try to almost make TikTok my job. And when I say that, I didn't really mean that I was going to try to make money off of it. I just thought that I would... Um, you know, try to build my following and work on my acting and things like that. But this like icing on the cake side of it was that I started getting reached out to by um, different companies to, you know, 
wear some of their clothes, um, you know, use some of their products. Uh, I actually, I was reached out to by, um, you know, I mentioned getting my motorcycle license. <clears throat> I was reached out to by um, a high-end racing company out in Texas who, um, you know, uh, talked to me about becoming the face of their brand. Um, he sent me several of these very nice uh, motorcycle jackets. And, um, you know, I'm talking to him about, he's actually going to get me a motorcycle as well. And uh, so, and that was something that I was always interested in anyways, just because of stunt. And um, so, you know, I'm now getting to do that kind of stuff for free and get paid to do it, um, which is just unbelievable, you know, for a common person to fall into this, you know, again, just to kind of keep myself from going crazy in quarantine to all of a sudden getting, you know, these amazing offers. I've gotten a lot of media opportunities from it. Um, I did an interview with Scholastic News. Um, I actually got invited to come on a, a pizza making show in Detroit. Um, I've had uh, media companies reach out to me to ask if they could use my TikToks and different uh on their outlets and things like that. It's, it's just been really neat. It, it was completely, completely unexpected, uh, but just really cool. Really cool. There uh, really is something that uh, was a kind of nice side effect. And, and it's, it's, it's crazy how that can expand so quickly and, and it touched so many people, which is, I guess that's how it is. And uh, if, if people are ever watching online content, if they haven't before, it's kind of now, right. And that's, that has certainly uh, happened at the right time. Um, Definitely. Beside that, uh, how have you quarantined? I guess that's that's the big question. How have you quarantined? Um, I mean, honestly, this sounds really sad, but if I turned this computer around, which I wouldn't dare do, I turned my whole living room basically into like my TikTok headquarters. Um, I actually had to tell myself to cut back. I'm the worst boss ever. Um, I wasn't sleeping very much at all. And actually, it wasn't necessarily that I was like forcing myself to get up and to, you know, make these, I was trying to average about 15 TikToks a day. Um, but I couldn't wait to do them. I actually was getting so excited about them. I literally couldn't wait to wake up and do them, but I turned my whole living room into, like I said, my like TikTok headquarters. I have wardrobes over here. I brought to, I literally packed two suitcases and brought them down here just so I didn't have to keep running up and down the stairs because you play all these different roles. So I have like, if I'm playing a dad, if I'm playing a kid, if I'm playing a mom, a grandma, um, my props are on my love seat. So you don't ever see that. You only see this side of the living room in my TikToks. Um, I literally have a bicycle sitting over there by my TV. Um, I have hair and makeup over here on the other side of the couch. Uh, I, when you ask how my quarantine has been going, uh, it's, it's been going great, but it's been very, um, <laughs> it's a very one track. I, I haven't really, I had all these big plans for, you know, getting the house clean and organized. And in fact, my house is messier than it's ever been in my life. So I'm trying not to let that bother me because I thoroughly am enjoying what I'm doing. Um, but I, I definitely have to think of a transitionary plan for when I go back to regular life. <laughs> Where do you think that's going? I mean, that's another thing we've been, um, we we had a uh, we had a, a a podcast last night um, where a lot of these guys had been on the movies and we were talking about their experiences and it's going to be it's going to definitely be a transition. Uh, we definitely have worked together and I've always enjoyed that. And I, I'm thinking uh, pre production will be more important than ever as far as staging people and when they can come in and out. And you know now there's another layer that you have to uh, have to consider when you're having talent on and whatnot. So. Um, first of all, are you, 
I have you, do you have a plan for, for what we're going to be doing moving forward? Yeah. Well, you know what, for a lot of it, you know, it's not necessarily up to, up to us, you know, as an actress, you know, we're kind of at the mercy of what happens on sets. Um, I actually got to go back on set. I shot a Ford commercial um, just last week. And I actually, my agent just emailed me today that they want me to come back um, and film a second, um, like secondary uh, piece for them. Um, it was very interesting. That was my only time back on set this entire quarantine. And we had to wear masks nearly the entire time unless there, you know, we were actually shooting something where we didn't need the mask, but the piece was actually something where um, we were supposed to wear the mask in it. Um, but aside from that, you know, we were in masks the entire time. We were, me and there were only a few other actors on set, but we were definitely separated on set. We kept our, our distance. Um, you know, I, I've had a couple agencies, like I said, I'm with a lot of them and they're all doing different things. One agency that sticks out to me in particular that has been very um, proactive in telling us, you know, what their plans are. We have to take our temperature the day we get booked for something. We have to take our temperature, take a picture of it, send it in. On the day of the shoot, we have to take our temperature again, uh, send in a, a photo of that. We have to sign a paper that, you know, guarantees or at least, you know, promises that, you know, you are not sick, that you don't have anything before you go on to set. Um, they, you know, we actually, we didn't get any food. We were there for a decent amount of time we didn't get any food and um, they probably said, I just probably skipped past it, that we should bring our own, which I did bring my own because I, I actually didn't want to eat the food that was on the set. Um, they, uh, it, for the most part, um, I, I did notice that there was a, um, an individual and I, I don't know if it was a PA or if it was just somebody who they designated as maybe like the safety person that was like wiping things down and things like that. And I think that that'll be vital to have that person who's there to, whether it's a PA or somebody else who does say like, um, you know, maybe we do need to stop for a second and uh, wipe everything down or um, make sure that things are separate or, or things like that. Um, I, I, a friend of mine who's getting ready to film uh, a short film, I noticed that he had put on his uh, list of who he was seeking was a safety person um, that would be that type of person on set. And I think that's going to be really important moving forward. Um, it's going to be very strange because, you know, with rigor films, I'm not exactly sure how you work around uh, when you do need a ton of extras on set. Um, how you're going to handle that. Um, I noticed that there was uh, a friend of mine who has a TV, uh, who uh, runs a TV show out in California, had said that they're no longer going to use extras at all, um, that they're only going to use production members to be those extras on set. Um, so much is going to change. Um, we, oh, that was the other thing. We had no hair or makeup or wardrobe stylists on set anymore because they don't want anybody touching you. Um, and of course, those clothes, you know, it's something that you never really think of before. Of course, sometimes, you know, they're recycling those clothes and you're using them again. And we know that they don't always wash them, but nobody really cares. Um, you can't do that anymore. Uh, so it, it's just going to be, you know, we're, we're going to be learning this together. Um, I think as long as everybody is, is conscious about that um, and diligent about making sure that we do stay safe on set, it'll be okay. But I definitely think that it's going to be delaying things and making shoots run longer. And that's going to be tough. Um, so it's, it's going to be a lot to to learn, but, um, hopefully everyone stays positive and we just kind of figure it out together. Yeah. I almost think they're going to have to come out with some sort of standard and, and how, you know, even how interviews are conducted ver inside versus outside and how many people yeah. can be on set and, uh, 
and 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 really kind of just follow up. I think what's important is they know um, in case an outbreak does occur uh, that it's traceable, and that's why they want to count for everybody to see if they had a at least there's some you leave a um, uh, I guess in this case a temperature or a, or some sort of metric that says hey nobody had a fever on set you know it, it was all checked and here's our documentation. I think it's a reasonable right. way to go. Um, but it certainly will be strange, especially when you have roles where actors are actually interacting with each other. And, you know, right. how do you, do you need to show your test and, and, and say that, hey, I'm legal or it's almost like an HIV test or, a, you know, hepatitis right. test, right? That you, well, before, people are before you interact. Too. For sure. And th that's why the disease spreads. If, if everybody who got the disease got sick, uh, then it wouldn't spread. But that's the problem. Right. You have well carriers that are, that are, uh, you know, disseminating disease, which is always tough. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of the new, the, the new reality. So, um, uh, you, you said, and this is, I, I'm also interested in, in hearing this, uh, for, for other reasons, but, uh, the, the show you did last year, do you think that'll ever come back on board? Uh, have you, have you heard any, I mean, uh, I have a vested interest in this, so I, I uh, full disclosure, but uh, how, where do you think that's going to head? So, um, you know, we had chatted before uh, we went into quarantine, and I actually, we had like a little text convo not too long back too. Um, nothing was off the table. Um, they just kind of, you know, it's unfortunately not a high priority right now to kind of figure that out, but um, it hasn't been taken off the table yet um, in the past. And for those who aren't familiar, uh, the show is called Inside Military Esports, and it was a show that was focused on um, not just esports, but anything to do anything military related to it. So whether it was a recovering veteran who's using it as part of his recovery, or just a way to uh, bring camaraderie to uh, individuals who are serving right now, um, it was really cool because uh, you know it, it showed that you know while some may think that video games don't really serve a, a too high of a purpose, um, through the show that we did, it actually showed in several different ways how gaming has really brought, you know, this community together in, in many different ways uh, and even served as a, a healing tool. So um, we are hopeful that a season two will occur. Um, again, it's from what I was told, it's not off the table yet. It's just it was kind of put on the back burner for a little bit while everyone was kind of dealing with with COVID. So hopefully that will still go forward for a season two. Are there any other? Uh, oh, and and again, the biggest uh, one of the bigger questions is: uh, Will there be baseball? Um, and have they been in touch with you to say that? Hey, you yeah. know, it looks like we're going to open up one day, and we're kind of going to start the wheels turning. So we, I'm sure there's a lot of people would love to hear about that. Yes. So you know, it's funny because uh, our bosses at the Indians have been very um, communicable with us. Um, we actually every Friday we have a a Zoom. Uh, call just to not only just to like tell us what's going on, but really honestly just to keep us together. Um, it's been really nice. I mean, we get on and just talk, uh, which not many companies are doing that. It's it's really nice. I mean, there's nothing much to talk about sometimes, and we just kind of share what's going on in our lives. Um, but that's been really nice. Um, unfortunately, you know, I read and I was actually reading in USA Today that you know uh, MLB wants to. Um, get underway no later than um, the beginning of July. However, they're saying no fans. Um, so that would really put a lot of people out of work, you know, from ushers to concessions to us and scoreboard. There's no need for it this year. Um, so we have not 
officially been told that by our bosses. Um, but again, I, I read this article pretty thoroughly from USA Today, and that's what they said is that MLB is saying no fans. Um, it was interesting, though, because, you know, I was reading that uh, for football, I know that's a little further off, but, you know, the Browns are already selling, you know, single tickets for their season. Um, so I don't, I don't know if, you know, they're just hopeful thinking that, you know, further on down the line that we'll be okay. Um, but it, it is looking like, it's looking like no fans for baseball season. Yeah, I can't see a stadium full of people in hazmat gear and, and it, 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 it definitely, <laughs> right. it definitely would be, uh, uh, you know, take the wind out of, out of a lot of people's sales that, you know, in, right. um, in Taiwan though, I, I, I understand they were doing baseball, uh, without, without fans. Really? Yeah. So I, I, I haven't oh, really without felt, fans. Okay. yeah, without fans. So I, it'd be interesting to see how they've actually, how, how those games actually went. And, you know, I imagine they're just like a scrimmage, but they, they have to have a different feel. I mean, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Can't even. I mean, and they actually have uh, they actually have cutouts of um, I think one of the teams had cutouts of fans sitting in the stands. No, so, oh my gosh, cool. are you kidding? You, me? Oh yeah, if you look it up, like they're just sitting there, it look like they're like cheering and having fun. Um, so, oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I think that makes it look a little bit more full. I mean, what another thing they could probably do is just like filter in the sound. Like I mean, you have so much sound like sound effects you can get online or something. Filter it in so it feels like an actual game. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so. I, I suppose you could have, I, I don't know what, how technology sets out. If you, you could have 20,000 zoom, uh, zoom fans actually mic'd, <laughs> mic'd into oh, right? yeah. and reacting in real yeah. time to, to what's going on, which would be kind of interesting. I, I, I can't imagine people sitting there for a game and, and just knowing, all right, all your sound feeds are going to go into the, you know, to the PA system, which would be kind of interesting. I don't, I don't know how that would work. So. And that'd be cool also to do like to bring the stadium experience home. So let's say, you know, you can watch it through Zoom. You pay an amount to watch it through Zoom. You get the experience. You get the host, hostess. Uh, in this case, you, you coming up, you're still giving away prizes. And then you choose someone, you know, just, you can still do those contests through Zoom or whatever. And then go back to the game. Good. So, oh, my that, Lord, would that be weird? Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Just hey, doing the, the way we're doing it now, except, you know, you're wearing your Indians gear instead. And then. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, you know, anything's possible. Hey, Christian, were, were, did you have some questions for Jamie? Uh, I mean, she kind of answered a lot of it. Um, I mean, again, like you've done a lot of TikTok. I've seen a lot of your TikTok. We've done stuff from Friends, <laughs> yeah. friends to Golden Girls. I know how much you love Friends and stuff too. Um, any, uh, I mean, how many TikToks do you usually do per day? Because it seems like you do a lot. And how long, what's the kind of the process that you do to establish each TikTok? I, I guess is what I well, want to ask. What I'll say first is that, you know, I, in this quarantine, I've actually gained um, over 40,000 followers just in quarantine alone. So I'm getting ready this weekend. I will, I will definitely hit 60,000 followers this weekend. And what I really feel like, first of all, what kind of sets me apart is that um, I, a lot of people, when they make their TikToks, they are wearing the same outfit, whether they're playing one or 20 characters, they're wearing the same outfit guys will often just put a, a washcloth on their head and that means that they're playing a girl. Um, I change my clothes. I change my props. I make my props. I change my hair. I change my jewelry. I change everything. Um, so not only is it that side of it, um, but I am such a, in general, I'm such a perfectionist. I will redo a scene and redo a scene and redo a scene until it's 
until it's right. Um, I study my characters. I study scripts. I mean, it's uh, like I said, I've been really treating it like a job and it's, it's really seemed to pay off for me uh, on a typical day. As of right now, um, I'm making anywhere from 10 to 15. Um, now I've, I've scaled back and I'm probably making closer to 10. Yesterday I did 12, um, but I was really, really pushing myself to get those 15 out. And even though, you know, a lot of TikToks are only like, you know, 15 seconds, uh, you know, just like anyone who works in uh, entertainment knows, those 15 seconds can take you two hours to do. Um, and, you know, for me, the, the one that took me the longest, I spent four hours working on this one where I, I did a, a reenactment from Home Alone 2. And um, they're, the scene in the airport where they're passing the bag and they're saying, give this to Kevin, give this to Kevin. They're passing the bag down between all the family. Um, you know, I had to change my clothes. Everything on TikTok is shot in sequential order. So I had to change my clothes every single time that bag was passed and then passing it all the way back. Um, you know, just every, every little interaction changes. And then it's a matter of getting those facials right. Um, I don't like to do, especially for high profile people like Jim Carrey or Will Ferrell um, or even Macaulay Culkin. I don't like to do it unless I'm doing it like they do it because, and some people like, you know, to make their own variations and that's totally cool too. For me, I want to do it like they did it. And so that takes a lot of time too. Um, and not only that, but with that particular scene, just finding the clothes, I like to try to find clothes that are very similar to who I'm playing. So that took a lot of time too. But um, I'm literally spending my entire days doing this. Um, I always prefer to shoot in natural light because um, especially for using the green screen effect on the app, um, it's really hard. I have my box lights here, but it really kind of like... Um, distorts it a little bit. So I always like to use as much natural light as possible when I shoot. Um, it's just, it's, it's different. Of course, you know, you're shooting on your phone. So there's a lot of differences, uh, and even like spacing and stuff like that. Um, so there's a lot that I've had to get used to, but you know, I, I, I must be doing something right. I've had a lot of people ask me like, who's your camera person? And I'm like, it's just me. Like I'm using my ring light and I'm setting my phone up in all these goofy places. I've, I've literally, I've taped the phone to my head i've taped it to the wall um i just taped uh <laughs> I, I just taped um a hat with um tissue paper <laughs> tissue paper oh my uh, to my head um i was playing ursula and um oh yeah so, i did see that yeah <laughs> it's uh it's been really interesting but i tell you it is this experience as as stupid as it sounds um I am having so much fun. I have never gotten to be so creative. I don't think in my life. I mean, I never, I've never turned something down that I really liked just because I'm quarantined by myself. A lot of times you, it would be amazing to have a second person here, maybe to shoot it, maybe to play another role. Um, but I, I've never turned down something because I didn't have a person or I didn't have a prop. I made a saxophone. I made a lot of different things just because I don't want to turn something down. Um, one of my, one of my favorite ones that I made, I, I reenacted the eighties uh, um, video take on me where the person is like jumping into the, uh, the, the comic book. And I really didn't know how I was going to do that. So I just started and I just figured it out as I went along. And that's just kind of been what my process has been this whole time is just kind of figure it out and, and have fun. And I, I've really been enjoying what I've been doing. That's amazing. I mean, and you're doing this all by yourself too. And it's just like, I think that's what's going to set you apart from like everyone else is like, you know, 
how much like how much how much it takes especially one person yeah. unless you have someone else living with you um right. that it's just a lot of moving parts and it's gonna take a lot of time as you said so yeah um, but the result from what it looks like from what i've seen is just it looks amazing looks awesome people love oh, it thank and, you yeah absolutely and you've had some like a couple celebrities actually comment or like us some of them i think i saw <laughs> jojo see us uh saw yeah it. yeah <laughs> just just the other day it was on the same day so it was a big day um <laughs> jojo siwa um she liked one of mine um the rockettes i did a rockettes reenactment and the rockettes comment on it both on the same day so oh, yeah. it was pretty cool um yeah it's just I, I honestly believe that TikTok is a whole different way of, I mean, if you were, you know, kind of a fan of some of these celebrities, it's a different way to interact with them because, you know, one of the cool things about the app is that you can duet somebody, uh, which means that whatever mm. you did, you know, maybe you just did uh, half of the lines uh, from a scene where it was, you know, Rachel and Ross from Friends and you just did Rachel. So someone can duet you and TikTok will put both videos side by side and they can play Ross. Um, I've seen Jojo Siwa, you know, um, she would duet. She's a couple times she's duetted different people. Um, so it's just, it's a really neat way just in general, celebrity aside, just to connect with people. Uh, it's just, it's, it's so much fun. It, it really is. Definitely. And a lot of positivity too, you know, like you don't see anything yeah. negative too much. It's just, uh, that's, that's the thing I love about TikTok. I mean, I'm not personally on TikTok, but again, I see everything just through your uh, Instagram and stuff. So uh, you know just a lot of positive. Yeah. Same thing. I say the same thing that, you know, on, on every other social media platform, you know, you see the good, bad, and the ugly, you know, you see people's deaths, you see their births, you see all these different kinds of things. I have never, I mean, take my own out of it. I will literally sit on TikTok, scroll through other people's and just laugh and laugh laugh and laugh. I mean, it is, it is just, and, and for the most part too, the comments that people leave you are incredibly positive. Um, so I just, it's a, it's a really nice community. Um, just an incredible place to get creative. And again, you know, I think a lot of people, especially our age are looking at it and saying that app is for kids. There are, I mean, first of all, even if you have a business, it's a great way to promote your business, especially with how the algorithm works. But, um, as somebody, especially in our industry, I mean, it's giving you a lot of different ways, again, to hone your skills, to stay creative. Um, I mean, it's it's been a blast for me to do it. Yeah, because the last thing you need is another job, right? And uh, <laughs> right. this actually created more opportunity. So that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a nice, that's a real nice side effect. So Jamie, uh, thanks for coming on. And I know you're going to be doing some great things in the future. And hopefully, uh, I look forward to working together with you again. I do too. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. It was great talking with both of you. Absolutely. And uh, where can they find you? Like, let's say they want to look you up on TikTok or Instagram. Uh, where can they find you? Yeah. Well, TikTok gives you a really goofy, like it, you don't have your own name on there. So if you go to TikTok, it's my first and last name, Jamie Kenton. And then of course, um, same thing on Instagram and Facebook. And I also have a website, which is jamiekenton.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. And there you have it for today's episode of Spokes with Jamie Kenton. Uh, thank you, Jamie, for coming on. And don't be surprised if you guys see an RBM TikTok in the near future. Uh, if you like this episode, or if you know someone who would love TikTok, who loves TikTok, who wants to get into the platform, or wants to just get into the entertainment industry, uh, make sure you share this on social media. Tag Jamie at Jamie Kenton. Tag us at Red Bicycle Media. Also use the hashtag RBM Spokes in sharing this episode. 
And don't forget to listen to our other episodes on our website, redbicyclemedia.com slash podcast, as well as on most streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and TuneIn. Please rate and review on those platforms as well. We are always willing to have any comments or suggestions you may have and put them into action. Uh, This has been the Red Bicycle Media Spokes Podcast. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time.